is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Hall, a.k.a. Faceboy. We are- I am Lucille Tiamore, and with us in the studio is... Allison Glass. Allison Glass. We are very down. excited. Allison is a part of Team Tiny. She's like one of the original, original three members of Team Tiny. And your headphones are hanging right there. Right um, there. She's one of the original three members of Team Tiny. Did I tell you that we had to rename it because some of the Kirby girls said they weren't included, even though that was gotta be you got to talk into the mic, and your headphones are right here. Some of the curvy girls told me, um, and it, like that they didn't feel included, and I didn't want them to not feel included. And I always thought, like me and you, when we discussed it, Team Tiny was always about like more of a spirit, like people make you feel tiny, not like about being a tiny body. But some curvy girls said they they, they weren't included in Team Tiny, and I felt like really bad about that. So I came up with Team Feral. How do you like that? That's interesting. I love it. You like Team it? Feral. Yeah. Okay. It's very primal. It's very primal. <laughs> like I had a therapist. He was like, "That's perfect for you. You're ev- it's everything about you. You're just so feral." <laughs> but um, you know, some the New York Times. I spoke to them recently, and they did not like Team Feral. But like, I don't really want the New York Times writing about us anyway. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be kind of like a, you know, kamikaze protection group we don't really want the paper writing about us allison has been on this show several times in the past but it's been years it's been years yeah it's been pre-pandemic hasn't it yeah yeah god it's been it's been too long too long (laughs) it's wonderful to be back and thank you so much for having me on the show it's a shame we don't have cameras in the studio we really should because just you look you look fantastic you always do you dress up so nice for us or are you going somewhere after this or is this is uh, this for us no i'm just kind of a seeing the banshees fan i think like <laughs> allison is actually somebody who does not leave the house without looking fabulous okay like i've never in my whole life and i've known her like um like maybe i i feel like it's over 10 years now yeah um and like i've never yeah. seen her once not looking fabulous <laughs> like i'm talking like hungover she can look fabulous it doesn't matter yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, you look fabulous yourself. Thank, thank you. But I like I knew you were coming and so I had a little bit of a cheat. <laughs> I try to look fabulous most of the time, but Lucas he like has more of like a he looks great, but he looks like very professional. Okay. Don't you think you'd say about it Lucas? depends. Lucas was unfortunately kind of mean to Allison because he couldn't handle like the girl like being nice to a girl like i don't know he was just not very lucas was not very nice to allison unfortunately at the very end because like somebody was mean to allison and lucas did not know how to be nice about it if you're a new listener lucille is referring to alters she uh has been diagnosed with disassociative identity disorder which used to be called multiple personality disorder and i'm not a killer so (laughs) (laughs) But, um, no, like, I was unfortunately the last time I saw Allison, like, a little bit mean, but I wasn't, like, trying to be mean. It was just, like, my, Lucas was so green and, like, new to the world that he didn't really know how to handle drama. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally, and I completely understand if I empathize with that. Um, But, like, you are totally in the right in 100%, and I knew that. I just didn't know how to deal with, like, being, like, like, fixing the situation between, you know, um, unfortunately, the other person, like, he, he's sometimes often not in the right, but he, he's trying. 
<laughs> I want to get right to this because I don't want to not get to it. It's one of the reasons you came on the air today. The Holy Hour, an anthology on sex work, magic, and the divine. Yes. No, I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, I will be contributing into this incredible anthology. And this is a new publication of Working Girls Press, which features 46 multiple multimedia contributors with magic, divinity, and sacred and sexual shame. With two, It's over 200 pages of profound and moving work. And it's late to release in spring of 2024. And the really cool thing like about this anthology is that it is by sex workers, like for sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a contract that's very transparent where all portions of proceeds go to fellow sex workers that's amazing. who are also writers. So how do we buy this book? Um, you go to, go to Instagram and go to Working Girls Press. And that is Working Girls Press. And click on the link um, right where the Kickstarter is. And there's only 16 hours left to go, so act fast. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on the air before that. So, the, like, um, this is like a pre-order. Yeah, yeah, this is a pre-order. Um, that's amazing. Thank you yeah. for coming on the air yeah. before the pre-order finishes. So yeah. Everybody should definitely go by that. You have 16 hours. Um, yeah, yeah, only 16 hours um, until the pre-order. And there's other packages you can get. There's Partners in Crime. They um, a relationship. That like? So that's a relationship guidebook for sex workers. So what can you tell us a little more what like you mean by a relationship guidebook? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not contributing to that project, but there is a bundle in the Kickstarter option where you can get partners in crime along with the holy hour. And the cool thing about that is that it's kind of revolutionary. Like there's no one who's really had a relationship guidebook in the industry before. You know? Absolutely. No, I've never seen that. Um yeah. but so the partner in crime, are you basically buying a partner in crime? Yeah. Um, so like there's a bundle options. There's an option where you can get partners in crime and the holy hour um, for higher contribution. Or you could just order the holy hour or you could just, you know. So, well, can you tell us a little more about like what partners in crime offers? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so again, like I'm not personally contributing to that no, one. No, no, no. But- I want to hear more about your story too. I just want to, I just want to, I'm just very interested in what partners in crime means. Cause like, that's like very, as you're saying, revolutionary. Um, I think a lot of people, we have not offered anything like that as a sex worker, like before, you know, or a magic worker or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 No. Um, and it is like very interesting. It's so it's kind of like it's not just like a book. It's not just something you read. It's more like a workbook. So there will be things in that book, you know, to discuss with your partner. Your partner, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that there's not a lot yeah. of um, work out there like that. And I knew some people in at, um, in college who were trying to do like um, sex therapy, but I think it's like a very like new field. Um, and um, am, am I not close enough to the mic? Oh, you're right back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, it, like, I think it's like sort of a new field, unfortunately. And it's such a like essential part of our souls, you know, us as, as sexual creatures. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, like, we all deserve to be, you know, like, all of us, you know, we all deserve love. We all deserve love. And the thing is, like, with, you know, partnerships, it can be difficult, like, when you're in the industry. So, yeah, and the thing is, like, you know, that and with the Holy Hour itself, it's we're really trying to tell our stories. So can you, know? you tell us a little bit more about your story or is it you're waiting for it to come out? Um, yeah, no, I'd be happy to talk about it. So my story is actually um, about how working as a pro-dom healed my rape trauma. Amazing. That's yeah. amazing. 
I, yeah. I really like stories like that because, you know, in treatment, I faced a lot of discrimination for saying things like that. Um, and, I, and I shouldn't have because it's okay to, to feel healing during while you're getting paid. That's okay. Like, we shouldn't, like, feel like our labor, like, makes it so that we can no longer heal while we're, like, doing labor. Exactly, yeah. And the thing is, like, with, you know, the interesting thing is, like, a lot of people have these really stereotypical views of sex workers. They're, like, they're criminals, they do drugs, they get assaulted, you know. And what my story really does is reclaim that narrative and say, like, hey, this is actually incredibly healing for me. And it also reveals a story with a client I had as well who had an experience. So that's amazing. Yeah. My story also reclaims that narrative. Um, I had like um, at, um, you know, my family threw away my burlesque costume. So I had to go to um, a strip club very like rapidly because I didn't have like my um, clothes to do my burlesque career. So I went to a strip club and I actually um, found these bosses like um, Andy and Eric um, at pumps who they ended up like teaching me how to, power myself how to not like get raped anymore how, like not to say that i'm never gonna get raped, raped again like it's rape is not your fault but like they taught me how to like not put myself in that position more often you know what i mean and like they really taught me a lot of things to like um empower myself to make me feel better as a woman to like and i i feel like my story as a sex worker is really an empowering thing they have now asked me to move on but like that's not because like they don't believe sex work is beautiful it's just like they you know now because of my mental illness, want me to move on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was very glad to see that your Kickstarter campaign exceeded its ten thousand dollar goal. I think it's around twelve thousand right now, but oh, that amazing. is still uh, yeah. where you need to go to get your pre order. So don't don't let that dissuade you from from pre ordering. And and, and, and you're going to get a lot more from Kickstarter than you're just going to get from like buying the album, buying the book, later. buying the book itself. Yeah, because yeah, they're like you know they're they offer you could be mentioned them as an acknowledgement. So you will get more if you contribute to the Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, Kickstarter is a great. And so there's only 16 hours. And so um, can you say again, just because I think some of our listeners are as slow as I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course. Um, and there's whiskey over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, of course. So if you go to Instagram.com slash Working Girls Press, that is Working Girls Press. And also, like, the cool thing about this is that it was founded by Molly B. Simmons and Emily Duffy, who are also both sex workers and writers. And they really just created this to create a radical shift in the publishing world. So opposed to someone just getting like, oh, here's $100 for your story, you know, they're really, like, we're really like there, there's a fair profit share in it. And the press prioritizes transparency and financial equity in what they do. So they really want to create an accessible avenues for sex workers seeking to publish their work. Are you still sober? Instagram.com slash working girls what? Instagram.com slash working girls press. Press. Got are it. Are you still sober? Or you want this? <laughs> I, I'm a harm reduction model and our viewers know all about harm reduction. So. <laughs> oh, no, of course. Do you want her? Yeah. So, we're, yeah, my, our viewers know all about harm reduction model. Like, we believe um, here that, like, harm reduction model really works, you know? Um, like, have you, have you, like, done any harm reduction model? What do you? Yeah, no, that's interesting because, um, no, funny you bring that up. So with my own sobriety journey, um, I've discovered that it's good for me to set healthy boundaries around it. So I feel like, you know, I've done 12-step programs in the past 
they haven't worked out for me personally. Not for and, us either. <laughs> Not for us either. Um, <laughs> but what I really feel like has worked is just more just like creating those healthy boundaries and saying like, okay, like this is okay to use. This is okay. Like setting time limits, setting like amount limits. Me too. I do like um one to two drinks. Like, and then like if I want a third, I really have to assess how I'm acting. Yeah, I do that too. I have like a one drink policy when I go out with cocktails because yeah, yeah, and then like, <laughs> they can like, be pretty strong. <laughs> a, and like a beer, I can't like finish anyway because it's so like like heavy. And so like, um, but co- you know, whiskey can be strong, and you really have to say like, how am I acting? How am I acting the whole time you're drinking it? Like, and um, you know, I thought I was fine the other night, and I only had like one drink, before, you know, that night on the radio last last week. And then I popped off on this woman who wouldn't give me medication. And I, like, luckily saw her today to apologize. But, like, I popped off on her. Like, I popped off. I was like, like, you're really not going to give me medication? Like, I popped off. And it was just one drink. Like, you have to be careful. Like, you have to, like, edge into, like, when is the last sip? (laughs) Yeah, I set time limits. I I will not, on most occasions, drink before 9 p.m. And I go to bed at 11 p.m. So that only gives me two hours to. He see does drink. Gonna happen. You, you drink a however, little bit I of a lot. Sit, in that however, I do. I do make <laughs> exceptions. Like if it's a social situation, like when Lucille is over, she ha- she usually has to leave at nine. He'll start so earlier. I'll have a I'll have a drink with her at eight. But you actually drink less on those nights. I will say, like you, it's like the nights you no, do it really quick. You do it like a lot, and I'm scared for your liver. Well, fortunately, I do get uh, blood work done fairly uh, quick just, recently just within yeah. the last uh, week. So, how is your blood work? They didn't call to tell me anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they definitely call a, him out for. They like, would call me if there's a problem. Oh my god! They, his doctors like they're, they're all gay Since men. Mine are too. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all um, gay men. Like I only and, have gay men doctors, and he only has gay men doctors. So we kind of like talk. And back and, and forth. the person at, at the front desk, he's wonderful, wonderful person. But now, ever since I told him about, that I have an alcohol problem, if there's one little thing off in my labs, it's probably the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, my doctor, he was like, I remember he was like, he was like, I was like, can I have Adderall because I just can't expect, uh, afford the Vyvanse? And he was like, I just really don't know how I could do that. Like, and he was like holding his chest, like, and it was just like doing that. Like, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, it's very, like, there's always an affect. But um, I like that about like having my doctors have like sort of a, like, I like the, um, the, the, the sort of like the drag queen attitude. Yeah, they used to give me anything the fuck I wanted. If I wanted Valium, I would get a prescription for 20 milligrams a day. This Did time, you have nicer insurance or it was before you told them about the drinking? It was before I told them about the drinking. Yeah. This time I asked for Valium, I get two milligrams. They were like, no. I get, I get two milligrams, not 22. Well, I, I will say, I and, will but, say I'm on. They're right. You can't do that with alcohol. The doctors give me, they give me, but it's like such a small microdose. It's like the tiniest microdose, but like the doctors give me a very small microdose of ketamine a month. Um, which is very weird for doctors to give, but they tried every other medication on me and like every single one made me manic. And like a tiny, tiny dose of ketamine makes me not manic. But like I do think ketamine on the street right now is very dangerous. I, I will say to our viewers, like I, I know a lot of people are cutting it with heroin or with fentanyl. Like it's like, I think it's very dangerous to take ketamine on the street right now. And like I actually took like a, the smallest bump out of somebody's other another person's ketamine recently and like it was definitely fentanyl like, i was so sick i was sick for hours and hours and hours i took the smallest bump yeah no it's definitely like really important to trust your sources and when it comes to that it's interesting because like i've done like mind bloom before so yeah which is like ketamine done therapy what? mind, mind bloom. bloom it's an what app is that? yeah it's, it's an app it's um it's so it's like a ketamine therapy 
Oh, okay. you do the yeah. app, but it's like it's like with it's it's still an app, right? It's yeah, it's an app, and they have lozenges, so you just and you kind of talk take to the your lozenges. therapist online, right? Yeah, and you talk to like a guy. So and- for me, like I don't get guided. Um, I do it by myself completely, but it's a much smaller dose than what you get on Mind Bloom, mm. so I pay less. Okay, because I'm like you know not I can't really afford to be like paying, but they also said it's like untested, so like Mind Bloom definitely gives you more for me. Um, they like my actual psychiatrist, like my Medicaid, like they don't my Medicaid does not cover the actual ketamine, but my Medicaid doctors cover this, so that's very rare. That is because I tried every single medication on the market, and like, like that's very like I, like they did every they said they said we like that I had um like um psychiatric trials is what they referred to what I did as um and like they like tried every drug in the market and every single depression med made me manic every single one so ketamine turned out to be the right thing I know like when I was younger it wasn't the greatest drug for me but like it seemed to like turn out to be the best thing in just very small doses no I can really emphasize with that and I really feel you know like psychedelics have really helped me as well like yeah. I've been on ayahuasca. I feel like things like that. Oh, you that. did ayahuasca? Yeah, I've been on um, two ayahuasca journeys. Oh, wow. They've both really helped me. That's and I amazing. Feel, yeah. I've heard some really good things about doing yeah. that. Have you ever heard about doing ayahuasca? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it got, it got big on my scene before Surf Reality had closed. A lot of people from Surf Reality, uh, for those that, again, just tuning in, Surf Reality was a performance space operated by Robert Pritchard, who's and part of the like station. And that was like where and, the open mic and was? that's where my open mic was uh, for eight of its 13-year run. And it existed from 1993 to 2003. Okay, okay, but to, sorry to interrupt you. You're, we talk about this a lot in there. What's that? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we, they, our viewers know, you know. Can I, can I ask her something? Of course. Would you want to be, like, I was talking with the people who run the station, and they have some ideas of, like, where I could do... Francis won't do it with me. I have to run it myself because I'll help. You'll help. Okay, you'll help. Okay, but he's not going to run it because he said he's done it already for thirteen years. Yeah. So he's so. But would you want to like if I had an open mic and Francis and I had an open mic? Would you want to like present work there? Is that something that you'd be interested in? I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So like that's something like I'm trying to like gauge like is it something people are even excited about? But I think you know like a lot of his friends like they came out like famous from that open mic. Famous, like. There were people that 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 did quite well. Kristen Schaal was one of the people from there. Uh, and and anyway, we're going to not talk about that. We don't. It doesn't <laughs> matter who came out famous. Can, it just matters. Like it just matters. Like people presented their work there, and now they do very well. And like even if people aren't famous, they're still all writing books. They're all doing something. They're all writing teams you know, for comedy shows. They're, they're they're all like um you know you don't have to be famous to be like actually like having you know a show somewhere and doing all those things. Your name doesn't necessarily need to be out there. I mean, I wish my name was actually like a little less out there because there are like Britney Spears said in her book, there's a freedom in being anonymous. Oh, yes, there is. Yeah, no, but that was revolutionary for me as well. Like with Britney Spears' did book, you read that book, I did. The Woman yeah. in Me, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it made me, it was just so sad too. It's, I mean, so I've so been sad. in the institutions like a lot longer than her. So like I actually felt a little like rookie, but um. But I actually still felt very bad for her because, like, even a rookie, like, like most people are rookies compared to me. Like, like I had, um, I've had like m- the most extreme of what they they do in psych place. Yeah, I haven't read the book yet, but from what I know, they just they didn't do much to her. They didn't yeah. do much to her. They didn't they didn't psychologically trip her out. They didn't tie her to bed. They didn't they didn't do anything really crazy to her. But like, 
but they still like like she's famous as fuck and they locked her up like, they exerted that's, a, that, a, that's a ridiculous crazy. amount of control and like she had done nothing wrong what did she do cut her hair i mean that's the, the craziest thing about her like at least like for me i went outside naked i did a few things i did a few like things that i probably shouldn't have done like britney spears did nothing wrong like there's literally like nothing on her record that she's done wrong she cut her fucking hair she yep. literally like like what the fuck you do like you cut your hair and now you like a fucking like you have to be locked up and fucking like, uh, like they did not electrocute her but they did pretty much everything close to electrocuting the bitch like and not a bitch in a bad way i mean a bitch in a good way like i mean how the world treats celebrities is brutal you know it's, it's fun it's got it's gone from francis female to female, celebrity. female celebrities that's the thing it's always the females isn't it yeah. you know and it's like from francis farmers like marilyn monroe I mean, they were not treated well. <laughs> or, or like a trans celebrity of like, yeah, uh, like a trans celebrity, but like trans and female celebrities, like I think they, they do not treat well. Like, um, but, um, you know, um, we were going to talk about this last week, but we never got to it because we made jokes all the time. But we were talking about like last week, we wanted to talk about how all people born as females really like have been raped that we know. Me and Rain were saying yeah no it's um it's really depressed it's really sad honestly and the thing like you know with my story too was I never reported my own rape I never reported my rape trauma so Absolutely. you know when I so when I but when I came out with this story this was basically my way of reporting it because I never did and I thought no one would ever believe me and I feel Absolutely. like that I feel like that could be common it's very um, common for me like yeah. I like have brought it out in my art as well like I brought it out on the radio but um I've not brought out a lot of my trauma to the police like uh, at the right time because it's like you're scared for your life. Would you, know? you Would you like to read an excerpt from the essay that you contributed? <gasps> oh, yeah, I will. And I also do have that Kickstarter information too for all the rewards if anyone wants to Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we want both. We yeah, want both. We, we want, want both. both. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, we still have 40 minutes left. We're doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, yeah. No, I know you guys asked me that earlier, and I just didn't have it on me, but I no, have it. I do have it be, now. It doesn't have to be immediate. We're not like those people who are like, snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not that type of person. No, you guys are lovely. <laughs> that's why I'm. That's why I'm so so happy to be on the show. We're but, so um, happy to have you here. Yeah, We're so happy to have you here. Yeah, but yeah, like the benefits with the Kickstarter. You know, if you pledge five dollars, you get thank you your name and the acknowledgments. If you pledge ten dollars, you get the Holy Hour ebook. If you pledge $30, you get the physical ebook and an ebook as well. And if you pledge $50, you get a book and two of the paperbacks and something and then acknowledgments as well. And for $100, you get the ebook and the Partners in Crime ebook that I mentioned earlier, as well as four of the Holy Hour paperbacks. So if you contribute to the Kickstarter, you get a lot of benefits as opposed to waiting for when it comes out in stores. Those are great deals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are excellent deals. Excellent yeah. Deals. You know, yeah. 16 hours, guys. 16 day, hours. The clock is ticking. You know, <laughs> I, I was like um, helping, um, I think, um, um, Lance Horns, like, um, in, like Al and Amanda um, Palmer was teaching me, like, her assistant was teaching me how to be, do Lance Horns because I was his assistant. And, like, Amanda had these cool things, like, she would do parties with people. Like, if you donated enough, she would, like, come and party with you at your house. And, like, I think that was, that's a really Amanda good idea. Amanda Palmer? Yeah. She, that's amazing. I love so, Amanda so Palmer. So she was, she was teaching, her assistant was teaching me how to do Lance Horns, who's, he's um the musical director for Alan Cumming, and I was trying to figure out how to, like, set up his Kickstarter, and I was like, what do I do for those rewards? And she was like, 
you could do a party with. But he was like, I don't think Lance really wanted to do a party with his fans. I don't know. I don't remember specifically, but I feel like he was a little more standoffish about that. But, like, I would be too. But I think it is a good idea. It's a very good idea to, like, have a party with someone. Like, you donate enough, you get a party with me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like people would pay to party with us. Well, Allison is looking for that... Uh, uh, Excerpt. Oh yeah, no, of course. Like to do I that. Like to do this. Yes. Giving Tuesday is a global generosity movement, unleashing the power of people and organizations to transform their communities I and gave the, you the world. Wrong thing. No, we have to do this too. <laughs> no, Giving Tuesday passed. Oh, December thirty first, babe. Oh, kill, okay. Kill date, December All right. 31st. I read it. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. You're on it. Radio Free Brooklyn relies primarily on donations and support from listeners like you. So this year, we decided to extend that spirit of giving throughout the whole month of December. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Please show your support by pledging whatever you can. Every dollar helps, and all contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate today and give in. To the power of giving. Thank you. All right. And then let me see the other copy. This is the type of shit they told me not to do, like, at the training. They were like, do not narrate what you're doing while you're doing it. And I was like, oh, I do that all the yeah, time. And my, my viewers don't mind you, it. You do things the way we do it. I do things the way. I was like, I was like, okay, I'm just checking the sound right now. And he was like, don't do that on the air. I was like, no, I do. No, my viewers are used to that. And I'm still... People still tune in. We're a little different. Uh, we're a little different on this show. <laughs> you can definitely narrate what you're doing. <laughs> you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener support, supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. If you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, my mom's buying me a tablet. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I just had to. That was a really big moment for the Stadelman family because my mom hates me usually, but she does not hate me today. We break. also throw in all kinds of asides while we're, while while we're reading the totally yeah. feel that, yeah. No, my mom is like, literally, she's, she's buying me a tablet. That's crazy. Like, like we have, She's not giving me a gift in like 10 years, 20 years, maybe. No, I'm, 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 like, I'm, I'm kind of nervous with my mom actually reading this. Um, but I'm also, it's the one thing, my mom's also an editor, so it is was the one thing listen? I... Um, yeah, I think she she might be listening. If she is listening, oh, hi, that's mom. Really exciting. Hi, <laughs> hi, mom. Hi, mom. Um, hi, mom. I love your I love your daughter. She <laughs> she and I have known each other for a while, and she's always so so lovely to me, so lovely to me. And I have been. It's been a, like a, a, a like she's a treasure to have in my life. Oh, that's so so sweet. Thank you, thank you so much, Lucille. Lucille is incredible. You know, it's like one of the first I've just known for so so long when I first moved to New York, and yeah. it's just been a wonderful watching you grow and watching your journey. There was one time I got like none of the cabs would take us because we were a little bit drunk, not too drunk, but we were a little bit drunk. These are very young years, very young years. I got a limo driver to take us, like for 
for like ten dollars. <laughs> I don't think I was there for that, but I really wish I was. No, you were there. <laughs> you were just very sleepy. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> fair. I do have an expert now, actually. Um, do you remember? Yeah. So if you would like me to. I do have the expert. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to read on the start of it because I would love for everyone to read the rest when they buy the anthology. And so this is the start of my story. As I cracked the black leather whip across the man's ass, I felt a surge of power for the first time since my sexual assault six months ago. I was 19 and living in a North London student flat. The session was a double with more experienced pro dom named Isabella. My client begged me to beat him harder, and I worked myself into a frenzy, whipping him until his buttocks swelled with small red welts. I felt amped up, euphoric, like a woman possessed. I had just created a FetLife profile under the name Goddess Lilith, after Adam's first wife, who faced exile from heaven for her defiance of the patriarchy. The name embodied who I wanted to be as a dominant and Jewish woman. Lilith was banished by her claim that she was Adam's equal, choosing to become a succubus over submitting to him sexually. Two men raped me that year. I was sick of the scared, traumatized victim mentality I had adopted after my assault. They might have violated me, but I was nobody's victim. I was a survivor, a warrior with battle scars, emerging victorious. Fuck the pathetic girl who'd lain there, frozen, unable to say no. As goddess Lilith, I had all the power. I was back in control. And it felt amazing. Until the client called Red. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that's, the th- that's something we don't talk about often with doms is like how um, it can be actually traumatizing for like somebody to call red. Like even though you like don't, of course, you always like fall consent and you just go with it. Of course, no, like no one I know does not go with it when somebody calls red. But like it can actually be a little bit very hard because maybe you're like in a spiritual moment when that's happening. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, like using the color system, um, you know, for any listeners who might be unfamiliar with the BDSM world, red is when is to stop, um, green is go, and yellow is slow down. So, yeah, it's just like this sort of like yellow, the kind of like a stop sign, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, if anyone is red, not, yellow, green, yeah. If anyone is not listening to your, like, red, yellow, and green or whatever safe word you use, you definitely, like, need, you know, there are, um, you need to drop them. You need to drop them, and if not, there are like some helplines that we've called up before, and we can call them out next week. You know, um, I'll remember to get some some of those helplines. Like, you, if if somebody's not listening to your red, yellow, and green, that's really important. But like, you, it's not okay. But um, sometimes it can be really hard when somebody calls out red when you're not ready for them to call it red. Are you still taking clients as Goddess Lilith? And if so, uh, where can people reach out to you and what services do you provide? I am definitely taking clients as Goddess Lilith. And if any subs listening who would love to worship or have me dominate them would visit my website, submittolith.com. Great. That is submittolith.com. I love that you have a website. I think websites are very important. Um, you know, a lot of people do not like put the, that effort in as sex workers. And I think it's a very important thing to put in. And what yeah. services do you offer? So throw us on the website, anything from like sensual domination, spanking, feminization, sissification. Um, Can I ask you a very personal question, but you don't have to answer. <laughs> of course. Do you ever like pay taxes on your like sex work? Because I think there's ways to do it. 
Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, you can I, like, I, it. yeah. You so just, I think that's like a really important thing to talk about for our viewers is like, you know, like the way to do it long term is to have the government not take you down. And like something I've done is like I have paid taxes over the years on my sex work, you know, because it's not sexual necessarily, you know. It's legal. It's legal sex work. And so your legal sex work, you should pay taxes on because if you do not pay taxes on it, you like, you know, I'm not saying you have to be 100% correct. <laughs> well, no, it's important because if we can establish that sex workers that are doing legal sex work are doing it responsibly, then maybe then that's a, a step towards opening decriminalizing it to decriminalizing yeah. the stuff that is illegal and shouldn't be. And like because it's never going to end. The thing is, like the the one time I did not pay like legal, like I actually was paying legal on my sex work, but it was my um serving. That I did not want to pay legal because it's such a fucking shit job that I did not want to pay like, what they were I was getting. You know what I mean? And so and then COVID happened and I did not get like the unemployment other people got. I got like hundred dollars a week because like I wasn't reporting what I was making and serving. So I really like it did hit me in the right year, in the right time, in the right fucking year. I fucking actually fucking lied to the government. It hit me like and I shouldn't have lied because I would have had like you know three hundred four hundred dollars a week. Uh, if you don't want to talk about this, that's fine too. But what things would you not do as a dom and why? Interesting. Yeah, no, I don't do blood play personally. Um, is that like the medical play you mean? Or like, what, yeah, what is that? Well, some like, people like, like, do like blood some play. Some people like, like to be cut and there are yeah. safe ways of cutting people. I've done it. Uh, You've done it? Yes, I have. And so that's interesting. I did okay. not know that. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't know that about um, it's that's like, well. I used to be a real hardcore dom. No, I, I just <laughs> real I've I've heard like um, I've cut myself safely, and I've been told it's not okay to do. Why? Why can somebody else cut you, but you can't cut yourself? Or are people wrong to tell me I can't cut myself if I'm cutting safely? Wow. Um, if you're cutting safely, why can't you? You, you know, Abby hurts. One of the first performances I saw her do, she cut herself on stage. Safely. I have, you know, there's so, a, there's a so man. So if you I know, know how to do too. it, um, and it's your body, and you're not hurting anyone else, my personal opinion, only you know, my you know opinion, de I believe it's okay. Do you know de facto? De facto. But you really have to de know. De facto what you're cuts doing. himself like on Bible like verses, throws them out to the audience. Okay. Interesting. No, I have, yeah. I have not. I have not heard that. But yeah. I thought I saw you at like this um, satanic ritual. But I wasn't sure if it was you. It might have been me. Like I, I'm yeah. one of those people who like I like like linger into them, but like I never like plan to go. But like I find them somehow. Like, <laughs> my body like leads me there, and like people are like, I'm like, what's in back? And they're like, there's a satanic ritual, and I go back. <laughs> That's happened to me multiple times. <laughs> so it might have been me. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. I was like, yeah. No, because it's definitely like I've actually like ended up like quite a few times at Satanic Rituals accidentally, and I'm like, great, I'm happy to be there, really excited. But like, I just like accidentally find them, <laughs> and it's very weird, like how Satan works. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, you know, all I have to say is nobody ever invaded a country in Satan's name. Curious question, yeah. question for you, Faceboy. Um, so, like, how do you deal with blood play safely? Because, like, I, I don't do it personally just because my biggest fear is, you know, contracting diseases and things like of that. Course. But how do you do it safely? I think that's really what viewers would be to know. There's a really good book, a little out of date now, 
it came out around 94, so actually a lot out of date <laughs> now. But it was written by Dr. John Warren, and it is called The Loving Dominant. And I believe that is where I, I learned from that book. I'm, I don't recall. I wouldn't do it now because it's been too long since I've, since I've studied how to do it. I, I would do it if I, you know, relearned how to do it and somebody really that I love really wanted it done. Um, but I don't recall the exact safe techniques that I used way back then. I used to do like as a child, like I did a lot of research on it and I did like my ankles and like my ankles can bleed a lot, but you have to know where to cut where they don't bleed a lot. And like, it, and they can bleed a lot and you know, that the artery will stop, you know what I mean? Like, and like um, there's certain spots, like I do my ankles, I do like my like hips, you know what I mean? Like places that weren't like going to kill you. But I also did figure out once how to do my wrist without killing myself. Yeah, I want to emphasize again. Don't do this. Don't, don't do be this. like us. Kids, don't yeah. try this don't at home. Like <laughs> and, don't don't and, be like us. And if you do, you have to but do the, a massive amount of there's, research. The thing is, is there's a lot of kids who are doing it. And so we do, it's important to talk about. You but know, the harm reduction aspect, definitely. Yeah. I think the and, harm reduction. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, um, and I think, so I think that was, like, just the two major things. It was blood play and electro play I don't do because I just don't know how to do it safely. There are a lot of doms who do it. People request it. I personally don't know how to do electro play safely, so I don't do that. Apart from that, I think, you know, I do pretty much most of other things. I don't fuck but, with electro play because I've, yeah. I've been fucked with in the, in the psych wards in ways that they have not, like, um, I've not consented to. I haven't done it either. It's not something that I've been electrocuted me, though. And it's not they, something yeah. that has been requested of me. They've done. They've like fucking me so bad in the psych ward. Like they've like um, you know, I like I'm taking a class in schizophrenia under med school right now, and they like put me like they're giving me like treatments they haven't done since the 1920s. Like you know, putting me, but they had never made it illegal. That's the problem with never making something illegal, is they never made it illegal to put someone in a coma. So they had nothing left to do to me, I guess, and they just decided to use like treatments from the 1920s on me. I'm so so sorry that happened. Yeah, yeah, it's like really yeah. fucked up, and you know, like like nobody's done me the way the doctors did. Wow, it's really sad. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, you know like gracing at Britney Spears too. I feel like so many vulnerable it's, it's people, like you know, and you think like you know, you know, you but like anyone anyway, like think about Britney Spears. About she's it. so yeah. famous, and like, yeah. it's still happened to her. Like, it still happened to her, and I think like, that was the like, thing with her the story fuck, coming out. That's like, what's crazy about it. Like, yeah, how the fuck did that happen to this person? To who, Britney who Spears, has yeah. Voice? Like, she has a huge voice. She has the biggest voice of anyone, and now everyone's trying to say like it's a clone. It's not the real her. It's not the real her. And I'm like, why? Because she's getting older. Because somebody's gotten older. Like because they're. Like, I mean, they pretty like much her. used her as like a performing monkey. Like they, you know, some of the fans saying she's a clone. Like on I, yeah, and I heard like she died. It's not the real Britney. You yeah, know, there's yeah, so many exactly. conspiracy and, and they just don't want to like believe that anybody could be telling the fucking truth about what's going on. Yeah, and like uh, what I will say is what happened to me is much worse than what happened to Britney Spears. So like I do know Britney Spears is telling the fucking truth, yeah. and I stand with every fucking thing she says. And like free Britney, let's keep Britney free. Let's keep free Britney. Let's keep free free Britney. You know, like do not fucking fuck with Britney. I will be coming for you. <laughs> is uh is pegging something you do uh professionally or personally um both actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he, the, me and francis have like 19 dicks probably that i use on him yeah about that five that are on regular rotation yeah like we like um 
we've never we've only had one other girl we've let into it ever like um also a team tiny um and but he you know like um he's like mostly like had fucked men right like like um within that way correct like he he's he's been a dom for girls but like been he has like a very switch he's a very you know what's incredible though if i can I, i don't mean to interrupt but i would like to get this in there I didn't really get emotionally attached to men. I never fell in love with men. And, but you love and Lucas. Now, you love Lucas. And now I have the experience for the first time in my life with, with you of Luciana getting Lucas. fucked in the ass by someone who I truly love and who truly loves me. And it is the most incredible experience in Francis my life. Francis and I have and been so together grateful. since like, um, uh, like a little after I met you. Like, um, Allison, like... So like about ten years ago, um, we've been together. So I met Allison even longer than that ago. But like, um, yeah, like a little after I met you when I was in that like wild phase. Like then Francis was like when the during the come down of that wild phase, I met Francis. That is so beautiful, and I feel like you know that's something. Yeah, that's something like I really just want to talk about more. You know, like you know with the like with the anthology with what you just said like really just talk about basically it's like freedom of expression right you know like one of my favorite client experiences was someone who was gay and never been with a woman before and his fantasy was to have a woman peg him and you know he was like so ready had like you know the jeweled butt plug all of it you know like ready just ready to go you know so 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 fucking cute you know i like i think i I still have him on twitter um but he's yeah it was adorable and then you know and he messaged me after he's like hey like you know thank you so much for making me feel safe and comfortable in this experience i've never had you know and that's the thing with sex workers like come to me and say yeah it's providing that outlet I want you to be my first like um i've had quite a few gay men come to me and say i want you to be my first girl that's, beautiful. Like, that's like a really yeah. beautiful moment. And I've also had what I will say is like very rare. It's like I've had like like I would say almost most of the men I know have been raped too. And that's very rare for someone to say. Most people say just the women they know have been raped. But I just think that shows like that like maybe there's more people, men who have been raped than you believe. And like they're not, don't feel comfortable telling you because they don't like they you know, people will call them a fucking like all these like derogatory terms. They'll make them out to be something, but like men are telling me that they're being raped, and it's almost all the men. I, know. I mean, yeah, I actually touched on that in my article later on. Um, yeah, about something someone opened up to me with that, but yeah, it's men too. You know, it's not it's just women. Too. It, it, it is men too. And like the reality yeah. is, if we don't heal men, we're not gonna like like men are gonna continue he- like hurt people, hurt people. And heals people, heal people. But if you don't allow men to get the healing, because you're just saying men are the problem, men are the problem, men are the problem, we're not going to get there. So we need to like admit that like this is happening to men and women, men and women. I think that's a really sad thing about the patriarchal culture too. Is like a lot of men just feel you know too scared to report it because you know they think they don't like, want to oh, be a sissy boy. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you know, like I'm weak or I'm pathetic or whatever. Like they just they they feel like you know it's somehow their fault because even they Lucas have to give go to some kind of standard. Even Lucas felt that way. Even yeah. even Lucas yeah. who was like you know had lived experience as Lucille, you know, and lived experience as a girl. Even Lucas felt like he could not talk about anything that happened to him. You know, and that's it's just like really fucked up the, the, with the. I have said some mad wrong things about the patriarchy that I do not agree with, but I've said them. Like I've said to therapists, I can't be a boy because I cry too much, or that, that's fucked up. It's a fucked up thing to say about men that they're not allowed to cry. 
I'm sorry, man, that I said that. You know, I said it in therapy where it's private, but I'm now saying it on the air because it's fucked up that I said that, and I'm sorry that I said, ever said that even in therapy. I think it's just conditioning, too. It's like, you know what, like these, you know, like, you know, where do they get this from? It's like they know their families. It's like, you know, the father is saying, like, don't cry, you're a sissy. You know, like, don't cry. And e- even as a woman, like, you know, I've gotten that, you know, from Definitely. my own dad. Like, from Definitely. my own from my own father, I've gotten that. You know, I've gotten, like, My you know, father was like, very tough like, like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, like, stop crying, stop being emotional. Like, don't show your feelings. And I feel like that is very common. You know, I, like, you know, you know I... My father was very tough on me, very tough. But, like, we have, like, um, repaired our relationship completely, me and my father. Me and my mother were still working on it. But, like, me and my father have repaired our relationship. And I don't mind, like, the corporal punishment he gave me because I think he just did not know what else to do. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things with being an adult is you have to, like, forgive your parents because you have to realize they're a product of their time. They're you a product of their like, time. Like, corporal punishment yeah. was going on at yeah. that time. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't talked about a lot in my generation. Like, it was, like, in your generation, Francis' generation, it was talked about. But in my generation, it wasn't really, like, adored for you to be hitting your kids. But, like, people were hitting their kids. Come on. And now, like, you know, and people, we were all latching key kids. Like, I didn't have a nanny. I just, like, went home with a key, you know? And we were all that way. Nowadays, you need, like, a nanny. You need, like, just get child services to say, you know, I have a friend. I'm living in a shelter right now because of just, like, a bad situation of events. Somebody stole my credit. So I'm living in a shelter. Um, and, um, you know, this woman, like, she had, like, child services called on her because she, like, slapped very lightly her kid with a fucking spoon. That's fucking fucked up. It's fucked up. Like, it's fucked up. Like, you know, like, you know, people need to, like, like know their place. It's also very brave and groundbreaking of you to talk about living in a shelter, to be a radio show. I'm sure there are plenty of radio show hosts. I haven't found a single who one. Have, who have, no, I've who never have, found a single radio have, show who have, who have, live in a shelter. You haven't found one who's talked about it. So so no one's willing to talk about it. But you I'm are. sure they have. I'm sure they have done it. You're right. Mm-hmm. But no one's ever talked about it. Not that I know. I, I have like looked on the, I've like searched for a predecessor to like learn from very deeply. I've like searched the internet far and wide. There's like nobody who's, there's people talk about going to psych wards. People don't go talk about going to shelters. Next week, we may have uh, two guests that are also um, uh, who are willing to talk for my shelter. Hopefully, the they shelter. they they um one of their kids is also in prison right now. Um, in jail. I think she's she she preferred I call it jail. Actually, not prison. Um, but um, you know, they've been having a lot of problems like with lockdowns at the prison right now where they are locked down for 12 hours at a time at least. No food, no like social direction, no nothing for everybody. Like, because some people did wrong, they're locking everyone down. It's really fucked up behavior. You know, as somebody who has spent a lot of time in solitary confinement in the psych ward, solitary confinement is very bad for the mind, very bad for the mind. And I'm a strong fucking soldier. So, you know, you, we shouldn't be doing this to the general population because, like, no. basically in prison there and jail, there's, like, a gen, that's the general population because you take people for nothing. You take people for nothing. Like, for me, I am mentally ill. I'm severely mentally ill, and I know why I'm locked up. But And I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm still locked up for a reason. You know, but these kids, they're not even, they're just general population. You can't just do that to people. You can't just fucking, like, take away their ability to talk to people, speak to people, eat food, fucking have a pen and paper. You can't take that away. You can't take that away. And that, that is what they've been going through day after day right now in where he is locked up. It's in New York City, like, um, jail. Like, it's fucked up. 
The American system so, is just so broken, yeah, honestly. Like, um, you know, I went to college in London and they have benefits, you know, and they have housing. Absolutely, they yeah. have housing for, so people don't have to go to shelters, right? They have housing. They, you know, and then they call it, you know, they're like projects, right? But it's like. But it, I, would, I would definitely have live in a project with six girls to a room right now. Yeah. Room. I have a yeah. curfew. It's like a fucked up. I'm like literally living in a psych ward. Yeah. I'm living, literally living in a psych ward to like have a place to stay. And, you know, and you shouldn't have to do that. You know, there should be more like funding for that. There nobody should be else projects leaves. for that. Nobody else know? leaves. And, like, I'm, like, doing all the things I have to do. And, and they don't even see any difference between me and them. And, like, but the reality is, like, I don't see a difference between me and them either. But, like, they need, like, some of these people are crackheads. They need, they need like, like a halfway house. They need, like, some, they need more support than they're getting. And I need less support. And that's okay. the thing too. It's like you know they lump everyone together. They you know, lump I've everyone had, together. I've had my own experiences with some some of this kind of stuff, and it's like you know everyone's together in the same category. So you literally have people who are the crackheads to someone who's kind of just like I don't know, like a pothead who somehow ended up there. I'm, I'm you not know, even, like, I'm not even just, there. It for... happens, you know. Like um, I know, like um, if you've I seen Orange drugs, is the New Black, but in Orange drugs, is the New Black, like, it, it's drugs. accurate. It's accurate. You know. I, I'll say like I do drugs, but I'm not there for drugs. I'm there because like. I have an abusive husband who stole my credit and I can't get an apartment now because he fucked with my credit and my mom don't want help, which it's her right as a 36 year old to teach me a lesson. I do not agree with it, but it is her right to teach me a lesson at 36 years old. So ain't nobody get to go on Joanne. You know, people are like, where's your mother? And I'm like, well, I'm 36 years old. You know, she wants to teach me that like, I'm, she's not always going to be there. And I think she's, that's what she's doing right or now. Or why aren't you living with me? And we've addressed that. No, no, she doesn't really want me living with her. She doesn't. No, I because the last time I actually tried to go to live with her, she actually said no the day I went to go there. No, she's like, she doesn't actually want me living with her. It's the. What, what were you saying? Why am I not living with her? No, I tried last year. I tried. And she like said no the day I went to go. Is that what you were asking? Oh, I, no, no. I didn't know if you guys were. She, she, I had to stay on couches and shit. Like, I had to stay on, like, the train one day over it. She's not going to take me back. Like, she's, she's not, no, listen to me. Okay. okay. She's not taking me back. Like, she says she'll take me back because she wants to look good as a mother to society. And she knows I won't fucking, like, blow her spot, which I'm doing right now. But, (laughs) (laughs) Allison, what were you asking? Might be too personal, so you don't, you don't need to. We don't have too personal for us. It's just for you. You don't need to ask that. Um, I was just wondering why you. Why you guys maybe weren't living together? Okay, well for me, I it's a my choice. He he has offered, but okay. it's my choice because I do not feel it's best for his mother. I, like she's ninety one years old, and like in case I had a psychotic attack, like I need somewhere to go away from her because she she would get too scared. She would be terrified. She would like be so involved and really like I don't want she her. She loves to ha- you. She loves me, and so my own mom doesn't care. Like my own my own dad doesn't care when this happens to me. They don't care, but her his her his mother loves me. And she cannot witness me be in a psychotic attack. She cannot witness that. That is the answer. We have never witnessed. He's offered, but she has never witnessed me be in a psychotic attack, and I never will let her witness that. No, that's fair. And thank you so much for your bravery and your transparency for speaking about this, because I feel like most people would not. So the fact that you're brave enough to talk about this. She cannot witness me in a psychotic attack. Most of the time, I'm not in a psychotic attack. But it just happens every few years and you never know what's going to happen. And I will not put a 91-year-old through that and have a stroke. You know, they said to me the day Rachel was fucking going crazy on, the cops said, why don't you go to, like, your boyfriend's mother? You know, they were like, don't you have keys to anywhere? And I said, I do have keys somewhere, but I'm not going to fucking, like, I'm not going to fucking, like, run in in the middle of the night and give her a stroke. 
Yeah, you do have. She she has keys to my apartment. I have keys to her apartment, and but I'm not going in in the middle of the night giving her a stroke right. because she doesn't know who's coming in in the middle right. of the night because somebody, you know, like unless she knows I'm there, I'm not running in and out in the middle You're of the night. You're very responsible with the keys. That's very admirable. We only have yeah. like seven minutes left. Left. I should have read that up about so Rachel, but fast. it was it, it took time. <laughs> it was so fast. It, it was it was it was it was been months, and, and I finally did it. I finally cracked. There's something <laughs> I'd, I'd like to get back to, unless someone else has something pressing. What is it? Um. I want to get back to pegging for a minute because you mentioned that you do it also in your personal life. And there are a lot of guys that are afraid to ask for that because they want to know what does the woman get out of it? It's very interesting. Um, <laughs> I, get a lot, I get a lot out of it. Yeah. I've only like very recently experimented with it in my personal life. Um, but <laughs> a couple of interesting experiences. I mean, I really think a lot of it's about power. You know, like there's this quote that's saying everything's about sex apart from sex and sex, yes. is, and, and yes. sex is about power. We have used that and in here. I, right? I, I really honestly feel like there is something to that. You know, there is something to just like, you know, even like being a dominatrix, right? Being on top, like having that control. But don't you, know? you think there's something more when you don't actually get paid for it? Like, don't you think you're even more powerful? Yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting to me, you know, because for me, I'm just like, yeah, exactly. You know, it just makes I mean, me feel like I'm the one fair, on top. To you be know? fair, Francis always, like, pays for me to have, like, a nice vacation. He pays for, like, me to have food on that vacation. Like, he pays for the alcohol, the, you know, anything, like, that we need, like, the laundry, you know. He pays, like, for those things. Like, he never makes me pay for a single thing in those moments, but he, like, I feel more on top with Francis, like, where I don't get paid than I feel in with my, like, you know, um, people that I get paid for. I actually like, see vision, like, because since they started my medication, I can't see hallucinations anymore, except for when I'm pegging him. And that's really beautiful. I feel like that shows the emotional connections that you and Francis share. It's You know, deep, it's, it's it's the emotional connection. It's, it's deep, really deep. It's, yeah. it's gotten deeper over the past few weeks when we've just so been there for each other. My mom had to go to the ER a couple of weeks ago. You were right there. You, you, we talked about this already, but you, you, you've been so great to me and my family. That's so beautiful. It's touching. That's touching. Yeah. And the thing is All, like with, with sex work too, I feel like a lot of it's about fantasy fulfillment, right? So it's like, what does the client want? You know, like what, what is their fantasy? It's all about them, them, them. But when in your personal life, it's also about you. Like, how do you want to pet I don't someone, know if I, you know? I, I don't know if I this on the air, but I think I'm going. Uh, I'm not sure. Did we answer the question? Can I ask like, something what? on the air? Sure. I don't know if I stress this on the air, but you don't have to answer on the air. Okay. Okay. Just so you know, you're always welcome to come on vacation with us. You don't have to pick <laughs> us. But you're welcome to come on vacation with us because Francis gives me a really nice vacation. And he doesn't make everybody fucking. fucking. I don't make anyone fucking. No, he doesn't make anyone fucking. Except, except you, 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 you do give me the guilt trip. I hope not. Just me. Just me. I hope not. You would never give anyone else a guilt trip. I hope I don't. And I'm sorry if I ever have. No, when you get really, when you got, when you, when you got really drunk. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit curious about Francis's experiences as like a male dom because I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like male he, doms, you have a lot of stigma to that. He guess, hasn't dom me in years, but he was a great dom. He was like when he <laughs> when he did dom me, he was my best dom, and it like led me to be a dom. Safe, sane, consensual. Yeah. yeah. There was one time when when uh, you asked us to play with no safe words. And he said no. I, I would not. He al- said, no. I said no. But, you know, when he asked me to go too far, like um, like with the dick, like um, in his ass, like, he, and I'm going to kill him. I say I have this vision in my head of having to call his sister. 
And what I would say to his sister when I killed her son, her yeah. her brother, not her son, but her brother. It's basically you're basically her son. Like she loves you so much. Like I like I have this vision of like what I would say to your sister because I killed her brother. And so I like I like keep that in my mind when you're pressuring me to go harder. Uh, you guys want to close with Britney Spears cover of "I Love Rock and Roll" or not? Um. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. All yeah. Right. I'll yeah. Dance. I'll dance. I'll dance for that. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great hour. I was looking forward to seeing you and and and. I would love to have you back on because I don't think we got to talk about everything you know what? we want to I talk agree. about. I have so many notes here that we oh, did not get so to. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate we, that. We had a lot to, to talk to you about. Again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. Thank you so mm-hmm. much again for having me. Yeah. Thank you.